Welcome to Size Eyes, the life of a long-term multitasker. This is the Fully Content series, where content is king, but its wisdom is the kingdom. Where learning is simultaneously a convergent and divergent experience. Where the threads of all the content consumed connect to form a mesmerizing web of infinite understanding. This series explores my unique insights, learnings, and connections with books, podcasts, articles, documentaries, and any other forms of content that I consume. Ultimately though, all this knowledge is only a rumor until it is in the muscle. Welcome back to a fully content series on the Size Eyes podcast. Today we're going to be taking a look at Barbara Corcoran on the Diary of CEO podcast with Stephen Bartlett. So if you've followed my stuff lately, been listening to a lot of Stephen Bartlett. Uh, really good podcast that I enjoy. Gets a different side of the guests. So this one is Barbara Corcoran, um, amazing businesswoman who um, most, I guess, publicly known as a, one of the sharks on Shark Tank, but has done a lot of other stuff as well. And so I've never listened to her in this long in a long form setting before. And it was really good, really good. So let me just dig into a couple of the things that the discussion held for all the listeners. So one thing that has been resonating with me about that episode was really doing weird stuff and unique things at the workplace, like attracting the, the one of ones, like, and Alex Ramosi talks about this, like I have this mentality for myself, I wanna zig when everyone's zagging um, create this uh, very niche type of personality. Um, there's different ways to stand out, and Sahil Bloom also talks about this, but there's different ways to stand out. One of the ways that I feel like I stand out the best is just being different, being unique. If it's the way that I think, the way that I act, the decisions that I make, whatever it is, how can I be one of one? And Homerosi would even say one of zero. Um, and so Barbara Corcoran was talking about this as well. You want to attract those people with those cool ideas, the things that people are not talking about at all. And how can we incorporate them into our business? If we're in the business world, how can we incorporate them into our lives if that's something that's important to you? Um, so that's something that I really resonated with. Uh, next thing is key to being a good boss is know that you're working for others. That was a point that she mentioned uh, quite a bit, that you're not working, or you know, other people aren't working for you, you're working for them. You should be one of the hardest working people in the company, especially if you're a founder, compared to everyone else. You gotta set the tone, set the stage for how people are gonna be interacting at work. And and I feel like, and I've found myself using the word, using the term teammates, like people working with me. Um, and I like that so far. Maybe there's something else that's better. But I like that feeling when I say, so like I did manage someone when I was at TU Laundry. Um, but I never, I tried to be conscious and not say they were working for me or underneath me. Even though like, you know, CEO could say that, COO could say that. Um, Dan, he could have said, I got Cy working for me or underneath me. And 
an organizational hierarchy structure that may be true but you know how does that sound like to people who are technically underneath you who are in those positions right i'd rather be like oh we're all teammates we're all on the same team here and that's one of the things that barbara corcoran harped on right people i'm leading the rest of the team that i lead so that was one of the things that stuck out uh, and in addition to that like the people um, management she said that you have to manage people individually and that's where I've kind of gotten um, from reading and just kind of general consumption of like coaches in the sports context is you can't so let's say you're Phil Jackson and you're one of the greatest coaches ever he coached Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Shaq, Kobe, all these legends. And I think the thing that I've heard from him, from others talk about him was you can't manage Kobe Bryant the same way that you would manage um, you know, a Robert Ori or a Derek Fisher. You can't manage Michael Jordan or Shaq the same way that you would manage, you know, like Dennis Rodman. He's... I'll talk about one of ones. He's like one of zero. Um, so I think, and Barbara Corkin also said that, is you have to manage people individually. You, you have to really get to know them. And that takes work. That takes time. That takes effort to really get to know people. But that's something that I really started to understand as I had someone working uh, with me on the team and I didn't have multiple people but I got I got a taste of what it was like to manage a team to be responsible not just for yourself and your individual contributor role but then it's people who you work with at the company it's the clients um, you know in my case it was a franchisees success that I was partly responsible for it was the vendors that we selected that we what was the due diligence process that we went with to get to that point and there's definitely a lot of misses um, in there, right? Um, but how do I manage those different agencies versus the different people in those agencies versus the different teammates who work there full time? Um, all this sort of stuff. So that was just some food for thought uh, for you guys listening is how do you manage differently based on who the person is? What's your take there? Uh, scrolling through my notes here, um, related to people is attitude was the first thing that Barbara would look at when firing someone. You know, you can't really say it like, hey, it has to be for performance or this, maybe this issue or that, but really it was for attitude. And it's like, does this person have the right attitude? And that may differ from person to person and team to team and CEO to CEO. But what is their attitude towards being there? Do they bring up everyone else? What is their energy to be around physically? If it's virtually, what does that look like? Right? And honestly, I kind of, I feel, I felt that at Tio Laundry. And that was one of the things that, like, that's probably why they wanted me to leave as quickly as they did when I, when my motivation just like 
plummeted, um, went to zero right after I turned in my notice that, hey, I'm resigning. That, hey, Sai's attitude, you know, he has a different attitude after he turned in his resignation compared to when he was working there for the last three and a half years. And that's fine. You know, people move on. Uh, people move on to different chapters and write their own beginnings for something else. But what is that? How does his energy change there, then impact other people's energy? People on his team, people that he interacts with the office that are not on his team, right? And we had a conversation, expectate, expectation set, level set, and we're like, all right, we moved that indefinite timeline from a few months to two to three weeks. And I was out of there before my birthday, which I didn't know that was, you know, that felt really quick, but it felt right. Um, and then the last thing, uh, maybe a couple of last things. Um, she mentioned that she has like, instead of saying these pet peeves or things you don't like, she just says she has an allergy to. It's a different way of saying that you don't like something. But I think it's like you can fix, you can mend your allergies. You can work on them, you know, whether it's uh, more traditional means or more, uh, I guess, truly traditional means. But like you can work on your allergies. If you have cat allergy, you can do different exercises to help um, work with that. Or you can just take medicine or, you know, shots, whatever it is, um, to uh, to get rid of those allergies, right? Um, so I, I think I like that rather than pet peeves where it makes it seem like ugh, you have these pet peeves forever. So just a small thing that language that she used. And honestly, that's one of the other big things of like when you're when I'm listening to podcasts or I'm listening to people who've achieved some level of external success, what is the language that they use? What What is their mindset? And the language tells a lot about their mindset. So when she uses that word, um, when she looks at the attitude, these are just like, you know, quick, small breadcrumbs that aren't the reason for their success entirely, but contribute to it in a non-zero way. Last thing here was another, this, another, this, another example of this mentality is she had a situation at her workplace um, where there was a, a couple of managers who were disagreeing between something. And she basically just said, figure it out or you're fired. You have one hour to figure this out or you're both gone. And that's a quick way to motivate someone. I'm not saying it's always going to work. And it probably should only be used in last resorts. But I think that having setting that ultimatum, having that deadline, is definitely a way to light some fire under people's asses. So... That was another quick anecdote from her side that I wanted to share. So that was the Barbara Corcoran episode on the Diary of a CEO podcast with Stephen Bartlett. Um, pretty good listen, pretty good listen. So if you haven't listened to her and heard of her story, I think she got a little emotional as well. Really liked it. Really liked the podcast, really liked that episode. So I will include the link to it in the show notes, but I appreciate you listening to this podcast. 
the Size Eyes podcast and the Fully Content series. I will see y'all next time. Mm-hmm.